Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. It's great to see you this morning. Uh, Glad that you're here with us. Uh, Welcome everyone that's watching online as well. We're continuing our sermon series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And one of the things we've seen over the last two weeks uh, in order to eliminate hurry in your life, one of the things you need is that you need to incorporate a Sabbath into your life. The word Sabbath literally means rest. You need a time of rest. You just can't go on nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to build a day of rest uh, into your life at some point. Uh, the other thing we were told last week uh, uh, was that we need solitude in our life, uh, a time of reflection, a time to, to be able to, to get away, even if it's just 15 minutes in the midst of a crazy day. And I wanted to thank John McCallum for filling in last week. Josh got the stomach bug Saturday, and uh, John didn't even know he was speaking till Saturday afternoon. So I uh, appreciate him coming and always being a good friend uh, to our church. So today we're going on. We're looking at a third thing to help eliminate hurry in your life, and uh, that is going to be simplicity. Simplicity. And we're going to be looking at, uh, in a world of options, how do you get priority and find simplicity? We're going to be over in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, if you want to turn to that. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We make all kinds of decisions every day when you think about uh, simplicity. We live in a very complex world. And if you want to know how, how complex the world really is, all you have to do is go to Starbucks. If you've ever been to Starbucks, it's a complicated place. Now, here's the Starbucks menu. It doesn't look complicated when you first come to it. You know, it's just, just a few things up there. It seems all fairly simple. But look at the next slide here. There are 87,000 different drink combinations that you can get at Starbucks. As a matter of fact, I have boycotted ordering anybody's Starbucks if I'm driving the car. Uh, because I remember one time back when my daughter was in high school, we pulled into the Starbucks. She had all of her friends in the car. We start out, okay, what do you all want? I'm going to order for people. So my wife starts, and she says, I'll have an iced cafe latte grande decaf espresso roast with two sugars in the raw. And then the first girl starts to order like that, and I say, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop right there. I am ordering no one Starbucks, okay? You know, you just need to talk loudly and tell them yourself, I'm not going to do this. It is too much pressure. And so I've made a vow, and I've stayed with it since then. I will not order your... Now, if you give me... Write it down or put, text me, I'll, I'll go and do that. But in the car, I'm not doing it. And so just a, a couple months ago, we had some people in the car. We stopped at Starbucks. I'm just sitting there. They're looking at me, and Dawn said... He's not going to order for you. You're just going to have to talk loudly. I won't do it. I boycotted it. I will not get involved in that kind of thing. So today, we're going to look at the power of priority in a world of options. And we're going to be over in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Let's read that right now. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. 
but few things are needed, indeed only one, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So an interesting passage of Scripture. Jesus is passing through a, a town. Uh, he's speaking. There's a lady named Martha who hears him. She's amazed at Jesus. She wants to do something to show her love for Jesus and love for God. And so she says, come to my house, and I'll make dinner for you and your disciples. And uh, so uh, uh, that's, that's basically the gist of our story as we get into it. And the first thing that we see is this. A complex world often distracts us from what is the most important. A complex world often distracts us from what is most important. Now, on the surface, our story seems to be a fairly simple one. And the story is this. Mary good, Martha bad. We read that story quickly and we think, okay, that's easy to see. Mary cared about being with Jesus. Martha just cared about getting dinner ready. And so Mary good, Martha bad. But when you actually think about the story, it's not that simple at all. And as a matter of fact, most of us would default to Martha and not Mary. So why was Martha doing what she was doing? Martha was doing what she was doing because she loved God. She was doing what she was doing because she believed in Jesus and she wanted to bless Jesus and his disciples. She was going to make them dinner that night to show how much she cared and how much uh, she believed in him. And this wasn't like today. She couldn't go to Little Caesars and get some $5 pizzas. I think they're five fifty now, but, but regardless, you know, uh, uh, she couldn't do that. She couldn't run to Kroger real quick or Walmart or something like that. She had to come up with what she could. Jesus, his 12 disciples, probably some hangers-on, probably some friends of hers, and suddenly what was just going to be a little family dinner is now a dinner for 20 to 50 people that she has to put together all by herself. And she is frantically trying to get food everywhere, trying to get everything ready, trying to get it all prepared and out at the same time. And her little sister, Mary, is just sitting in the other room talking to Jesus and listening to him. Who would have been irritated by that? Everybody in this room would have been irritated by that what is wrong with her why is she not doing anything why is she not helping i'm working myself to death and she is literally just sitting in there talking with everybody when there's so much work to be done as a matter of fact it's really interesting but this week archaeologists actually found a picture of mary and martha and here it is right there that, that's what was going on so after seeing that and thinking about it for a second, who begins to sympathize with Martha a little bit more? Anybody? Yeah, it's not quite as, 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 uh, as, as uh, open-ended as it may seem there. Uh, and so uh, we make all kinds of decisions on a daily basis. The average person makes 35,000 different decisions in a day. And they're generally not decisions that are clear. This is good, this is bad. Was what Martha was doing, was that bad? Loving God and wanting to make a meal for the disciples, is that a bad thing? No, it's not bad at all. There was nothing wrong with what she was doing. As a matter of fact, it was a good thing, and maybe most of the time it would have been the best thing. But in this particular instance, the best thing was literally being with Jesus. And so sometimes our decisions come down to something that's good over something that's the best. That's why Jesus says, Martha chose, or Mary, Mar well, let me try again. Martha chose something that was better. 
He didn't say that what Martha was doing was bad. He said, look, Mary chose the better, and it's not going to be taken away from her. So every day we have all different kinds of options, options that deal with everything in the world. <clears throat> Stephen Covey has put it into four quadrants. He just kind of Covey's thing right there. There are things that are urgent and important, things that are not urgent but are important, things that are not important but are urgent, and things that are not important and not urgent. And so we make decisions in all of these quadrants every day of our life over and over again, 35,000 different decisions today. We try to balance homework, family, recreation, health, and in doing so, we often get tired and overwhelmed. And wouldn't it be nice if life was just simpler? Wouldn't it be nice if there was something to kind of prioritize and put everything in its place? And that's the next thing that we see. To find simplicity, we have to know and act on our priorities. To find simplicity, first of all, you have to know your priorities, and then you have to act on your priority. So as we get into our scripture, our scripture is really about priority more than anything else. What are the essentials, the non-negotiables? Now, the problem is most people in their life don't know what the priorities are in their life. They've never sat down and said, these are the things that are the most important to me. God, family, whatever. We've never really sat down and consciously thought, these are the things that matter most to me. And if we've never really decided these are the things that matter most, then all that you do is react to life. Whatever's urgent tends to get the front burner, and, and, and that becomes what our life is all about because we've never really prioritized our life. These are the things that are important. These are the things that I'm going to put first over other things. And if we don't do that, then life will be a constant mood swing. It'll be constantly up and down, good and bad. As we go through life and we just react to things, we never really have a plan of what our life is about. And just as bad, sometimes people prioritize things that are not the most important. We try to get some priority in life, so we prioritize things that are not as important. So maybe the priority you'll put is your job. And so your job becomes the priority of your life. It's where you get your identity. It's what makes you feel special. And then one day you retire, and everything that was your life and that gave you your worth is now gone, and you wonder, now what am I going to do? Because that was my life. Uh, sometimes we prioritize our children. Is there anything wrong with, with making our children a priority? But then your children grow up, they marry someone, they move away, and suddenly they're gone. And everything you based your life on is now over because your children have moved out and married someone. And so we begin to look at this and say, okay, am I setting the, setting the right priorities? So how do we know how to do that? Well, Jesus gives us a perfect way of knowing what our priorities are. It's over in Matthew 22. Matthew 22. And the first thing he says is this. He said there's two priorities. And the first priority, priority one, is to love God. Love God. Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38 says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's the first and the greatest commandment. Now, look at this, this uh, verse for a second and look at what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the first priority is to serve God. It doesn't say the first priority is to give to God. It doesn't say the first priority is to worship God. It says the first priority is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That's a relationship. 
And so the relationship that you have with God, knowing God, experiencing God, uh, getting closer to God, that becomes the priority over everything else in your entire life. Now that begins to, to have a difference then when you start saying, how do I then choose how I'm going to live, what I'm going to do? In our scripture, Martha and Mary both set priorities that were really good. But only one of the two defaulted to the priority being relationship and loving God. Which one defaulted to relationship, Martha or Mary? Mary. Mary defaulted to relationship. I, I'm, what's important to me is I just want to be with Jesus. It's not that what my sister isn't doing isn't important. It's not that I don't want to help her, but I'm literally in Jesus' presence. I'm defaulting to that. That's the priority that's here, loving God more than anything else. The truth of the matter is that when we default to anything else, even when it comes to religion, we're missing what it's all about. If you default to serving God, the church can burn you out and frustrate you and make you as tired as anything else in the world. And it's not that serving God is bad. We should be serving God. But if serving God is your priority, then it's just going to burn you out like everything else does. The priority is knowing God, getting closer to God. And serving God then just becomes an extension of getting to know God. It doesn't become your relationship with God. And so we see the first priority then is to love God. Mary defaulted to loving God. The second priority is to love people. Priority two, love people. Look at Matthew 22, 39 through 40. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. So love God and love people. They were the two priorities above everything else. Martha was working to serve people. It was good. It was noble. It, it, was, it was from her heart. But Mary was defaulting to relationship, loving God, loving people, and that became everything for her. It's interesting when you look at this passage of Scripture that Jesus says the Bible is really pretty simple. If you've ever thought the Bible was complicated, if you ever, man, a lot of laws and rules and stories that make no sense and some stories that are kind of scary when you read them and everything else, you know, I just don't get it. Well, Jesus said, let me make it simple. We're talking about simplicity today. Let me make it simple. I can summarize the whole Bible to you in four words. And if you do those four words, you've done every single thing in the Bible. Love God love people look at what this verse says all of the law every single thing written in the law all of the law every single thing the prophets have written all the law all the prophets are summarized in these two commandments the whole bible is just trying to tell you how to love god and love people in a better way that needs to be our default position our priorities revolve around those at your job, how do you love God and love people better? At, uh, uh, at, at your church, how do you love God and love people? With your family, how do you love God and love people better? It becomes the two priorities that shape your life. You default to relationship each and every time. 
the actor Keanu Reeves was in England a couple of weeks ago. He was checking in his hotel. He'd had a red-eye flight. He was exhausted, checking in the hotel. Uh, a guy come walking through the lobby, an American. He was wearing a tuxedo. He saw him, and he goes, Keanu Reeves, man, I can't believe you're here. And he says, hey, yeah. He said, great to see you. And the guy says, hey, I'm about to get married. You ought to come to the wedding. And he says, well, you know, I don't have no idea who you are, and uh, I'm exhausted, and uh, I just want to get some sleep. And he said, but I really wish you well, and I'm glad I met you. The guy said, perfectly understand. So he goes out. The wedding starts. He looks up, and this is what he sees. Keanu Reeves has come to his wedding, goes to the wedding, goes to the reception, and afterwards uh, he was asked, why did you go to this when you're exhausted from somebody you don't know? And he said, I checked into my room, I sat on the bed, and I thought, if I can spend one hour of my life and just by being somewhere, it makes their lives a little better or happier, why would I not do that? That's defaulting to relationship. It would have been easy to default to I'm tired. It would have been easy to default to I have no idea who you are. I've never seen you in my life. He defaulted to relationship. Loving God, loving other people, that needs to be our priority. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture. To gain simplicity, we have to be able to say no to some things and to eliminate and discard some things in our life. You have to be willing to say no and to eliminate and discard some things in our life. In our scripture, Mary said no to something in her life. What did Mary say no to? Helping her sister. That's what she said no to. I've got 50 people in the house I wasn't expecting. I am working myself to death trying to get dinner ready. I just need you to take out the rolls and set the table. And Mary said, no. Who thinks that went over well? It did not go over well. It did not go over well at all. As a matter of fact, Martha's reaction was to look at Jesus and say, did you hear that? I'm working myself to death and she's doing nothing. Tell her to get her lazy tail off the couch and get in there and help me. And it's totally understandable. But Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. Serving God is wearing you out. But Mary's chosen something that's even better. What you're doing is good. Nine out of ten times it would have been the best. But today there's something better. And the better is being with me. And it's not going to be taken away from her. So sometimes you have to say no. Saying no is not easy because we're people pleasers. Everybody wants to, people to like them and people to get along with them. And so it's very hard to say no. But sometimes when you set priorities, you have to be willing to say no. No, I, I don't have the, the bandwidth for this. No, I'm tired. No, I've got more important things that I need to do. We have to be willing to say no, and it's very, very hard in our lives to say no to things. Some things we say no to are actually even good things. But sometimes we just we have to say no. So I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to help you out because we're going to practice. Okay? So I just want you to start. Just take it easy. Say no. 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 Oh, you can do better than that. No. no. Okay. Now, when you go out, sometimes you're going to have to say no. You're going to have to say no to your family sometimes. 
You're going to have to say no on your job. You're going to have to say no to your friends. You're going to have to say no to the church unless the committee on committees call you. You need to say no sometimes in your life. It doesn't mean those things aren't good. It just means sometimes when you have priority, you have to say no. The second thing is you have to eliminate or discard some things in your life. Eliminate or discard some things. Now, in our scripture, that's exactly what Mary does again. What she eliminate and discard? I'm going to eliminate and discard help my sister. <laughs> that's good. Has anybody here ever eliminated and discarded that before? <laughs> okay. Okay. Did that go over well? <laughs> just, just curious as we get into it. So, are you overscheduled? Uh, do you have the wrong priorities? Uh, sometimes we have to eliminate things and discard things in our life. It's hard to eliminate things when we have the wrong priorities. One thing that we have terrible priorities are is when it comes to things. Uh, we have very false priorities that have warped the way we have. So today, Americans spend $115 billion a year on storage shelters. We have so much junk, we spend $115 billion because it won't fit into our houses anymore. And our houses are twice the size they were 50 years ago. But we can't get anything in them anymore. And so now we have to get storage shelters to put them in it. 25% of people can't get both cars in a two-car garage. 37% of people can get zero cars in a two-car garage. That means 59% of people can't get both cars in their garage. Anybody sympathize with that right there at all? Now, I will have to say, uh, my wife is, is very good at that. We can get both cars uh, in our garage. So we're a little above the curve on that. But that all comes from warped priorities. We have so much stuff, and sometimes we need to get rid of the stuff. Here's a good, here's a good uh, way of deciding what you need to get rid of. Uh, for a little bit of simplicity. If you haven't used it in a year, get rid of it. You know, you, you don't need it. Now, uh, my wife, had, had, you know, I've got like winter clothes and summer clothes. And Dawn says, two tubs is all you can have down in the basement. So I said, well, now I need three tubs. And she goes, well, you know, you can't have three tubs. I said, well, I'm just going to buy one more tub. And now I need a couple of, uh, of uh, garbage bags because you won't let me have any more tubs. And she says, no, you got to get rid of some clothes. And I said, Look, you don't understand. It's more complicated than it is for you. I have fat clothes, and I have skinny clothes. <laughs> and right now, I'm wearing my fat clothes. But I have hope that one day, I will get back into my skinny clothes. So I can't get rid of those. And yet Dawn boils it down again very, very succinctly, very simply. She said, look, if uh, by some miracle you ever get back into your skinny clothes... <laughs> Let's celebrate and go out and buy some new ones. Because the ones you've got are going to be way out of date by then anyway. So, you know, let's, let's, let's go get some new ones, you know, right there. So, you know, if you're not using it, get rid of it. A simple priority. Amelda Marcos, uh, if you remember when she died, had over 3,000 pairs of shoes at her house. There's Amelda Marcos' uh, shoe room that she had there. Some of you put Imelda Marcos to shame. That's all I want to say. Somebody told me when they left, they said, hey, Imelda's got nothing on my wife. I can tell you that that right there. You know, they, they, uh, they had taken a bedroom of their house and made it into the shoe room. Uh, that, that was there right there. So I've got a way to help you with all of this. 
and that is this. We are going to start a new campaign through Waterstep where we're going to be collecting shoes. And uh, these, these are, are shoes that are worn. Uh, bring those shoes in. What Waterstep does is they either distribute those shoes or they, or they sell them if they're in real good shape. And then what happens is that money is used to buy safe drinking water for people who don't have it around the world. Filters and, and uh, water purification plants and everything. We have a young lady in our church, Lexi Jacobs. He's the co-president of Waterstep Teen Board. And uh, so we're going to be doing that with her. So uh, uh, you can... You can get rid of some of those shoes that are that are around like there. Uh, we're going to have about 700 people here today. If everybody brings in one and a half shoes, uh, we can collect a thousand pairs of shoes uh, over the next month. I, I was going to do an illustration and take my shoes off and donate them this morning, but they're newer shoes, so I, I have to wear older shoes to to be able to do that. You know, so so uh, just do that. A good way to simplify a little bit. So what have we seen this morning? We've seen life's very complicated. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of, of decisions we have to make. And the way to simplify is to have priorities, to say these are the things that are important in my life, and then to begin your li to live your life based on your priorities. And when you do, life becomes a lot simpler. Let's have a prayer. Father, we thank you for your love and just pray that now you'll help us to look at our lives and to adjust them as you speak to us. And in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.